Well, good morning. Today is Resurrection Sunday, and I'd like to speak about the resurrection, obviously. There are 42 times that the resurrection is mentioned in the New Testament. It is the chief cornerstone of the Christian faith. There are two guiding principles in our doctrine, in our theology of the Christian church, and they are the death of Jesus on the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you touch one, you touch both. Both are incredibly important. And if you take one out of the New Testament, you take both out of the New Testament, and it all falls flat. These two doctrines are hugely important in the Christian faith. They are the foundation of the Christian faith. So we're going to look at a Bible passage now in Luke 24, and we're going to look at the first 12 verses. I'm going to speak about the evidences of the uh, resurrection and some of the benefits that come as a result of the, benef- uh, uh, the resurrection this morning. Evidences and the benefits. So let's look at Luke chapter 24. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came upon the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, the tomb. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto themselves, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day, rise again. And they remembered his words. And returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and the mother and Mary, the mother of James, and the other woman that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. And then Peter arose and ran unto the sepulchre, and stooping down, he beheld the linen cloths laid by themselves and departed, wondering into, in, in himself at that which was come to pass. This so far. I didn't realize that I had to do the yees and the yows. And the, uh, it was the new King James Version, <laughs> not the old King James Version. <laughs> so... So the resurrection is the most incredible fact in all of history. It either is the greatest single deception or the greatest single fact in history. So it's based on three evidences, and these are the evidences that I want to talk about this morning. First of all, it was the empty tomb. The tomb was empty. Jesus was crucified on a Friday. He was placed in a tomb. 
And then there was the Sabbath, and nobody was there for the Sabbath. They rested. And then on the Sunday morning, the, the woman went with embalming fluid, liquids, and to anoint the body of Jesus. And when they arrived there, I mean, there was no explanation of what had happened. It was just the fact that the stone was rolled away. And they went in, and the clothes were neatly folded. I mean, for those of you who have messy bedrooms, this is a, a bit of an evidence. Neatly folded. For the men that leave stuff just somewhere on the floor, neatly folded. <laughs> I wish you could see what I'm seeing right now. The wives are turning to the husband. <laughs> and then they saw the angelic visitors, the angels sitting there. I've been to Israel uh, on several occasions, and I've been to the garden tomb, and it's an actual place that was there. Uh, it doesn't matter any longer why, where, because Jesus isn't there. He's not there. And it's a simple fact of history, and it helps us in our faith. Faith is, is really a, a, a shallow thing, Indeed, if it's not based on some of the historical facts, and this is a historical fact, the tomb was empty. And so there were attempts to try to disprove the fact that the tomb was empty. First of all, the chief priests and the elders came and they said, they tried to bribe the soldiers and they said, uh, the disciples came at night and stole the body of Jesus. Well, struggle with that one. They weren't in any mood of bravery, the disciples were, because here were trained Roman soldiers, the best of the best in soldiering. And why would they, in their pretty depleted situation, discouraged situation, they had just seen Jesus die on the cross? Why would they want to deal with that? Why would they want to deal with gods? And besides, they, the gods were sleeping. How would they know that the disciples came if the gods were sleeping? You don't know when somebody steals something from your house, if you ever had a break-in. You know, they come in, they steal stuff, and they go. You don't know who they are. And then the woman who went to the tomb. No, they went to the wrong tomb. No, really? Okay, so... Along with the woman, there was Peter and John. And hello, some angels. I, mean, I, I don't think that the angels got this wrong. <laughs> I mean, if you go to a cemetery, you might get mistaken for a... But this was a private tomb that they were going to as well. Another theory was that Jesus actually didn't die. He just kind of swooned. He fainted. He passed out. And then when he was put into a cold tomb, he kind of revived. So if that was the situation, when did he actually die? So, you know, these theories are a bit crazy. I want to tell you, I believe in the history of the Bible, and I believe that Jesus died a decisive death, and he, and he rose again. Jesus appeared to the disciples. That's the other evidence. He appeared to Mary Magdalene, to Peter, to groups of the apostles, and then to 500 people. He on another occasion appeared to James and all the apostles, and Paul actually 
had evidence of seeing the resurrected Christ. And we see that account in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from 5 to 8. If Jesus had not risen, he wouldn't have appeared to anybody. It requires great faith then to believe in the resurrection. There's lots of historical support here. And people have tried to lessen the validity and the testimony of the appearances of the resurrection. That, that Jesus appeared only in a vision. Well, you know, there's one account where Jesus appears to 500 people at one particular time. Now, people have had visions. But we all haven't had exactly the same vision, even 120 of us. There were 500. How would Jesus appear to 500 people in a vision at the same time? I've never heard of that. And then after six weeks, why would those visions suddenly stop? You see, if you participate in that kind of disillusion, that kind of deception, then everything that I've known about Jesus and what he said, especially in John chapter 14, that he is the truth, falls apart. And the third evidence is the transformed lives of the disciples. The disciples were totally, totally transformed as a result of the resurrection. And that probably is one of the greatest evidences of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In the book of Acts, we see dramatic stories of changed lives, dramatically changed. They were feeble, faltering, faithless followers of Jesus, cowering in the presence of their enemies, sleeping in a garden, hiding away in fear, and in an instant, their lives were radically changed because they had had an encounter with the risen Christ. Their changed lives were impressive. Totally impressive. I mean, to the point where out of the 12 apostles, 10 of them actually died as a result of persecution and martyrdom. There's only one disciple that died a natural death, and that was John as an old man. And they were prepared as a result of the resurrected, having an encounter with the resurrected Christ. They were, they were prepared to go on and meet their death with great courage and great boldness. So the resurrection is the most important element in Christian preaching. There's not a sermon in the book of Acts that doesn't talk about the resurrected Christ. If the resurrection is removed, the message of the early church loses its foundation, loses its soul, loses its backbone. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 14 tells us that our preaching would then be in vain. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. I think going forward, uh, you know, let's do the new <laughs> international version. <laughs> These and thous and yees and yeas. <laughs> I'm not good with that. <laughs> so those are the evidences. But let's look now at the benefits of the Christian faith. What benefit was there that Jesus was raised from the dead? Well, 
The first benefit was the resurrection means that Satan and sin are defeated. Satan and sin are defeated. Christ proved through the resurrection that he was the master of Satan and death and sin. For centuries, there had been this ongoing discussion, this ongoing debate. Who's in charge? Who's in charge of this world? Who's in charge of this universe? Is it Satan? Is it God? Maybe, maybe at one point, God will give the keys to Satan and he will take charge. Hmm. But what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross and through the resurrection changed everything. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10. Tells us, Jesus abolished death. Our Savior Jesus Christ has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Colossians 2 and verse 15 tells us that Jesus dealt a death blow to Satan, having disarmed principalities and powers, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. There's a wonderful verse in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, and it says, and this, this is a prophetic thing, this was, this was right at the beginning of time, in the book of Genesis, right at the beginning of the book of Genesis, that he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. You will strike his heel with Satan's attempts to try and do damage to, to Satan, try to do damage to the people of God, to try and distract us, to try and get, him, get us to follow him and his ways. You will strike your heel. But then, you see, there's, it's, it's, not, it's not so mortally dangerous. But then there is that prophetic, he will crush your head. And Jesus, because of the death and the resurrection, came and he crushed the head of Satan. And that was a mortal, mortal wound. Years ago, when I was at, at, at Rhodes University, we were doing some preaching uh, kind of outreaches as students. And so we, we decided that we were going to leave very early one morning from Grahamstown and travel through to, I think it was Adelaide in the Eastern Cape. And we were driving and we came into uh, a section of road that the sun was just starting to rise. And I, I, we looked and there were, there were literally dozens, maybe even hundreds of snakes on the road. I'm thinking, this is not a good place to walk. <laughs> But, but, but some of those snakes were thrashing around. Obviously, a car uh, before us had gone over some of the snakes, and they had been mortally wounded, and they were thrashing uh, around uh, on, the, on the road. They'd obviously come onto the road now that the sun was out and was get, getting some warmth, and they wanted to heat up, warm up a little bit. Uh, but just snakes, mortally wounded. That's what I want to draw your attention to. Satan as a result of the resurrection, was mortally, mortally wounded. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 56, the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Satan and sin and death has been defeated. Yes? We will still experience temptation. We will still struggle with sickness. Some of our loved ones will be taken, and Satan will come and will whisper to us, "Yeah, God doesn't love you that much." 
get his attention, point to the cross, and say, really? He doesn't love me? Because he did that for me. And he did that for you. Sin is defeated. Calvary and the empty tomb and the resurrection point to that conclusively. The second benefit of the resurrection is that Jesus is a living presence today. We're going to celebrate communion in just a little while. Communion is his risen presence with us. There's an interesting story in 1887, 22 years after the death of Abraham Lincoln, after the assassination, after him being laid in a grave. There were rumors that Lincoln was walking around and present in the earth. So they dug up the grave and his bones were there. He was there in the grave. And that rumor continued for another 14 years and they dug up his grave another 14 years later after that and his bones were still there. His body was still in the grave. We can say categorically with Jesus, when Jesus died, he died a decisive death. But many of the witnesses saw, spoke, walked, interacted, encountered the risen Christ. The risen Christ. There were no witnesses that saw Lincoln. It was just a rumor. If anybody cried out for Lincoln to help, there would be no response. For that matter, any great man, the greatest man in the 20th century, Albert Einstein, supposedly from Time magazine. <laughs> if you cry out, Albert, help, you won't get a response. But if you cry out for Jesus, the response will be instantaneous and will be immediate. He, his presence, has the power to change our lives. Why? Because he lives. Because he lives. You can cry out for Muhammad. You can cry out for Buddha. You know, the only faith, the only religion in the world today that has a resurrected Lord, a resurrected leader, is the Christian faith. And it is the only faith that is really valid because Jesus is no longer dead. No other religious leader has defeated death. So none of them can make the same claims as Jesus Christ. My father died 14 years ago. That was the first time I ever encountered somebody really close to me die. I'd done many funerals in my ministry for people, people that I loved, but not close family. And that was the first funeral that I did. And for the first time, I encountered death of a family member. But you know, the interesting thing, the song that we sang at the beginning, our hope is in Jesus. And there will come a time and there will come a day when... We will know that we will see one another, we will have an encounter with one another, we will be able to embrace one another. Today is a great day for chocolate, for Easter eggs, for marshmallow Easter eggs. But you know, it's much more than that. Because 
Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He is our anchor in a storm. He is the rock on which we can stand. He is the hope that raises up, uh, us up out of our despair and our troubles. There was a woman who wrote a, a book. She was a, a lovely author. Her name was Kay Arthur. She was married to uh, a man who was bipolar. He was a manic depressive. And uh, she hated being married to him. At one point, she had an affair. He found out about it and said, I'm going to commit suicide. And she said to him, as coldly and as bluntly as that, go ahead, I can do with your inheritance. And a few days later, he did exactly that. He hung himself and he died. And she went to his funeral. She felt like such a failure. Failure as a wife, as a mother, as a person. And there was just huge anger and frustration and pain within her. And while she was driving home, she let the window of the car down. She put out her fist and said, to hell with you, God. But then she began to realize that that's exactly what he did for her. He went to hell for her. He gave up his life. He went to the very gates of hell and she said, he did it for me. You know what? He did that for you and he did that for me as well. And she wrote a book after that saying, Lord, I need your grace. The resurrection proves that Jesus is a living presence today. He's not a figure in a book, he is a living presence. It's not enough to study about Jesus Christ. You have to have an encounter with him. No matter how good a scholar you are, and you can know all the facts about Jesus, but if you haven't had a living encounter with him, it'll make no difference. It's not about knowing about a person, but it's knowing a person personally. And for 40 days, Jesus made many appearances to the disciples. They walked together along the road. He suddenly appeared behind closed doors to the disciples. He drew, when they drew up a, a boat after fishing, he was there making a bra, making a barbecue of fish for the disciples as they came. He just suddenly appeared. And I think it was for him uh, teaching them that suddenly Jesus is going to appear. He's going to appear, teaching them that when he returns to the Father, the Holy Spirit will just be there, and that they are to walk now by faith and not by sight. And when he eventually lifted into heaven in the ascension, those famous words became true, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He is a living presence today. And then the last benefit is that we're going to encounter him all the time in glory. I want to tell you, this is not so much good news. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. 
I've told this story many times, and for those of you who have heard it five times, but for those new guys who are here, I'm going to tell this story. <laughs> there was a guy who was preaching about eternity and about glory, and he said, everybody in this congregation is going to die one day. And a guy sitting in the front row started to laugh. So I thought, maybe he didn't hear. Is this the serious stuff that I'm talking about? You're going to die. Everybody in this congregation is going to die one day. And he started to laugh even louder. He says, what are you laughing at? He says, I'm not a member of this congregation. <laughs> it always gets a great response, you know. <laughs> Love telling those stories. One of my favorites. <laughs> anyway. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. It is appointed for man to die and then comes the judgment. C.S. Lewis says, wars don't increase or diminish deaths. Death is 100% certainty. It increases or decreases the duration of your life. But you're going to die anyway. Death is certain, but the resurrection guarantees our resurrection. Let's look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20 and then 51 to 54. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20. But the fact is that Christ has been raised from the dead. He has become the first of a great harvest of those who have been raised to life again. Verse 51. But let me tell you a wonderful secret God has revealed to us. Not all of us will die, but we will be, all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in a blinking of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. And when the trumpet sounds, the Christians who have died will be raised with transformed bodies. And then we who are living will be transformed so that we will never die. For our perishable earthly bodies must be transformed into heavenly bodies and we will never die. When this happens, when our perishable earthly bodies have been transformed into heavenly bodies that will never die, then at last the scriptures will come true. Death is swallowed up in victory. Jesus will return. He will return again. Those of us who have gone on, who have died, uh, we, our, our spirits, but when Jesus returns, our resurrected bodies, we will be clothed in our resurrected bodies. But at, as, he, as He returns, those of us who are living, who belong to Him, will be caught up and will be taken to be with Him. And that is the glorious message of the resurrection. This is the wonder of the resurrection. Because we will be with Him for eternity. He has defeated death. He has defeated Satan. Now, I want to finish off with a story. It's a story by Tony Campolo. I think I might have mentioned it a few years ago. Um, he was a young man. He belonged to an African-American congregation. And uh, they had a preach-off. And they had eight pastors. And they had a preach-off once a year. And as they got together, he got up and he had his turn. And he spoke for half an hour. And he preached. And he said he was so good 
that he even wanted to take notes on himself. He was just so good, and, and a congregation were, were responding, uh, and, and what, what happened was, you know, some of the guys cry out, help him, Jesus, and that just kind of bubbles his hormones, and he just wants to preach that much more. Uh, some of the ladies take out their white handkerchiefs, and they wave it, and they say, well, and that just and you go on and you want to preach even harder and better than you've ever been. And, and you know, when, when you're struggling, the, the congregation cry out, uh, help him, Jesus, help him. And you know that you're in trouble when that happens. But he preached a credible sermon and a congregation applauded and he sat down and the senior pastor who was due to take, take, take the, the, the pulpit afterwards leaned over and touched him on the knee and said, you did the right boy. He didn't appreciate it when the senior pastor called him boy. But he got up and he said, are you going to prove that? Improve on that sermon? And the senior pastor said, watch out because this old man is going to do you in. And the senior pastor got up and he started. And for an hour and a half, he spoke and he repeated one line after another. It's Friday. My man is dead on the cross. It looks like the end of him. And Jesus has been placed in the tomb. A rock has been rolled into place. But I want to tell you, it's only Friday. Sundays are coming. Friday! Mary is crying her eyes out. The disciples are running in every direction like sheep without a, fr uh, uh, without a shepherd. But it's only Friday! I want to tell you, Sundays are coming. Friday! Jesus is gone. There is darkness throughout the land. The enemies have prevailed. Judas has betrayed him. But it's only Friday. I want to tell you, Sunday's coming. And then for the fourth time, he cried out. He said, it's Friday. Everywhere there's hopelessness. Everywhere there is despair. Hope is lost. Death has won. Satan is laughing. But I want to tell you, it's only Friday! Sundays are coming! And 2,000 people responded when he said, Friday! And they shouted back, Sundays are coming! So 120 of you here, Friday! 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 